So before I start, I better tell you there's some fairly choice words throughout this. I hope you enjoy it anyway. Back before I met her, my wife lived on a farm. It was a small operation, organic vegetables, pick your own strawberries, and a dozen or so chickens. Each and every one of them, to hear her tell it, was an absolute raging asshole. The first time she said this, I laughed, because I'd always thought the word was reserved for males. The same goes for dick, which she uses for females all the time. This raccoon, for example, that sometimes gets into our garbage cans. Can you believe the nerve of that dick, she'll say to me. Her nose pressed flat against the dining room window. Then she'll bark. Hey, asshole, go trash somebody else's fucking yard. I attribute my wife's language to the fact that she's one quarter spaniel. She says she's only an eighth, but come on, the ears say it all. That and her mouth. Still, though, I can't help but love her. Forgave her even after she cheated. They are two your children, she said, referring to her last litter. A party of four that looked no more than me, like me than that dick of a raccoon. I knew they were fathered by English bull terrier across the street. But what are you going to do? Everyone's entitled to one mistake, aren't they? I'd like to tell you that I hated this terrier right from the start, that I'd never for one moment trusted him. But what would that say about my wife and me, that our tastes are that dissimilar? If you want to know the truth, I actually hadn't given the guy much thought. His ugliness, I noticed, sure, those creepy little eyes. His stupidity was evident as well, but I can't say I'd fashioned a formal opinion. At least not till this puppy business. The litter was born, and not one week later, the bull terrier bit a kid in the face. Practically tore it right off, as a matter of fact. It was a little blonde girl who lived in the house across the street next door to him. I was in the back seat of the car, just pulling into the driveway when the ambulance arrived, and man, was that ever a sight. The parents were beside themselves. Oh well, my wife yawned when I told her about it later that afternoon. It's not like they can't have any more children. I said, come again? She said, that's the way they feel about us. So why should we be any different? So we need to stoop to their level, I said. As for the bull terrier, my wife admitted that he was a hothead. She said he had a lousy sense of humour, but she never quite denounced him in the way that I needed her to. After he was trundled away and put down, she spent the day sulking. A headache, she said to the kids. Mummy has a sick headache. She claimed to have won the following day as well. On and on for a week. And all the while, she had her hat on the house across the street. The place where her boyfriend had lived. It wasn't long after that that the little girl came home from the hospital. Her head cocooned in bandages. There were holes for her to look through, and others for her nose and her mouth, all of them gunked up with the corresponding fluids. Tears, snot, drool. Even if you hated children, you had to feel sorry for her. At least I thought you had to. My wife, though, I could see that she blamed this girl, thinking that if it were not for her, the bull terrier would still be alive. I figured she'd get over him eventually, and... In the meantime, I just settled back and be patient. It helped when our owner put an ad in the paper and got rid of those godforsaken puppies. Oh, sure, I cried, but it was more for my wife than for myself. I don't care what you hear about step-parenting. It's just not the same when they're somebody else's kids. 
Don't get me wrong, I wish them the best. I just don't feel the need to see them again. Neither was just the two of us. I hoped that things would return to normal. It was then that our owner took my wife in for a hysterectomy. He was out cold for the operation, saw nothing, felt nothing, went to sleep fertile and woke up a shell. Her uterus and whatever else was in there was gone. I told her that as far as I was concerned, it didn't matter in the least. To this, she just growled, Oh, I'm sure it doesn't. I'm sure you're just fine with it. I said, what are you talking about? You're thinking that this will keep me from cheating on you again, or that if I do, at least nothing will come of it. It was like she was blaming me for the hysterectomy. I said, baby, don't do this. She didn't talk to me for three days after that. What was going through her mind is anyone's guess. Me, though, I kept thinking about this Weimaraner I met once at the dog run. He'd one of those owners who'd get him on all fours and try to communicate with him. Not just barking, but lying in his back, anti acting submissive and so forth. Quite a few people like that at the dog run. Nuts is what they are. But this guy really took the cake. It was right about then, my wife wanting her boyfriend back and me entertaining these insane dark thoughts, that the bandaged girl reappeared. It seemed that there were some complications, an infection or something. She had to go back to the hospital. We saw her through the living room window, just briefly, getting into the car with her parents. Little Miss Priss, my wife muttered. First words out of her mouth, and what felt like forever. Then she limped into the den and lay down in front of the TV. This is her way of being alone, as I hate the television. The programs are beside the point. It's the machine itself. I can't bear. It stinks to high heaven. So I always stop at the doorway and park myself just this side of the carpet. That's right, Mr. Snob, my wife said. She always calls me that when we disagree about something, whether it's a chew toy or the smell of an electrical appliance. I guess I'm just not as well bred as you, she'll say. And it's true. She's not. It's also true that she's the one forever bringing it up. It's her own insecurity talking about the tragic self-hatred of a mixed-breed country girl, so I try to let it slide. My wife mentions my bloodline when she's ticked off, of course, and then again whenever I get sent out in a stud call, which is not the same as cheating. I don't care what you hear. Infidelity involves choice. While this is arranged by forces beyond my control, these females don't want me any more than I want them, I tell my wife. It's not an affair, it's work. It's my job, for God's sake. She says that if it's a paycheck I'm after, I could just as easily lug around a blind person. Or better yet, sniff out contraband, you and that selective nose that hates the TV but loves the smell of a book. Not all books, I tell her. And it's true. I can't stand thrillers. It was in the midst of our difficulties, my wife's stitches still tender, that I was sent to service a female a few hours west of our home. Normally it's just, hello, goodbye, but the land is beautiful in that part of the world. It's wooded, with lots of hills. So rather than waiting for me to finish, my owner decided to drop me off and spend the rest of the day nosing around in his car. The act itself, it's hard to think of it as sex, lasted no more than a minute. Then this female and I got to talking. She's pure Irish setter, just like me. So we had that in common. Both of us had hookworms when we were young. And both of us, very coincidentally, loved the taste and texture of candles. As long as they're not scented, she said. 
The worst are those cheap vanilla candles, I added. She agreed, adding that the cheap part was redundant. All vanilla-scented candles are cheap. I told her about a cinnamon-scented candle I had once chewed on as a puppy, as she howled in sympathetic disgust. I thought of my wife, and how we would have sounded to her ears. Arrogant, she'd have called us. Nose is so high in the air you can't smell your own farts. This for the crime of preferring one thing over another. Do you know what else I hate? I said to the female. I hate air fresheners. Coconut being the worst. Well, I don't know, she said. I think a good case would be built against the wild cherry. Oh my God, wild cherry, I said. And I hunched my shoulders pretending to barf. From air fresheners, we wandered on to padded toilet seats, novelty mailboxes and labradoodles. She had just started in on light jazz when I suggested we try the breeding thing one more time, in case the first go didn't work. Don't have to ask me twice, she said. I didn't have to ask all at all for round three, and the one after that just seemed to happen on its own. An aftershock, the female called it. Some might define this as cheating, but I just call it as being thorough. Then, too, I was completely upfront about my marital status, practically from the start. Your wife, the female said. So, how did that happen? I told her we were married by my owner's girlfriend. Now, former girlfriend, I said. I don't know how binding it is, but I wouldn't want to be with anyone else. And it's true, I wouldn't. Among other things, I like the fact that my wife needs me. Without my guidance, she's sure to finish what her boyfriend started. The child across the street will be mangled even worse, and for what? This is not you, I keep telling her. For now, though, it's as if she's under a spell. I explained this to the female as best I could, and after I'd finished, she cocked her head. So your wife was brainwashed by an English bull terrier. Something like that. God, she said. I hate English bull terriers. That was when we had another aftershock. It was almost dusk when the owner arrived. He and I headed off for home. The air conditioner was on, but after some whining I got him to lower the window. I had my head out, and we'd been on the road for no more than twenty minutes when we came upon a burning building. It was a house, three stories tall, with a low brick wall around it. The owner pulled over, and before he could stop me, I jumped over the seat and joined him on the grass. Had my wife been with me, he'd have forced us back into the car, but I'm pretty reliable, even without a leash. Besides, I make him look good, much more interesting than he actually is. A small crowd had begun to gather, encircling a barefoot woman's sweatpants on. As we moved closer, I saw that she was holding a dachshund, a type of long hair. Everyone watched as she pushed back his ears, repeatedly kissing his forehead, while he twisted and begged to be let down. It was only when an old man arrived and gathered the woman in an embrace that the dog managed to break free. He and I got to talking, and I learned that he was the single thing the woman had reached for when she had smelled the smoke and realised that her house was on fire. Which is nice and everything, don't get me wrong, the Dachshund said, 
but she's got a teenage son in there. He gestured towards a second floor window with black smoke pouring out of it. He and his mother were constantly at each other's throats, but he was always nice to me, poor kid. Daxon let out a sigh, and as the woman reached down to snatch him back up, I caught a glimpse of this poor guy's future. I could have saved anything, and I chose you. Who wants to live with that kind of pressure? As I wished him good luck, the fireman arrived. A group of three headed toward the house and were almost there when a part of the roof collapsed. Sparks shot into the darkening sky, and as they sputtered down to earth, I caught the scent of burning flesh and realised how hungry I was. With any luck, the owner would stop on our way home and buy us each a hamburger wrapped in paper. Then, smelling of smoke and ketchup, I'd return to my hangdog wife and continue the long business of loving her. <laughs>